Today, um, if you're with us for the first time or you weren't with us last week, last week we started a series of messages entitled Eternal uh, Driven. And what we did, we looked at God's Word to kind of give us a blueprint, if you'd say, um, of what God's Word tells us um, is, is, is an eternal driven life. Now, I want to give you a kind of a definition that, that um, I just kind of put together myself, but, but it comes from knowing what, what, what it means. In a nutshell, you can write this down, eternal driven, it means uh, living your life driven by things of eternal value, not temporary earthly value. It is, it is your life being driven by things of eternal value, not temporary value, meaning this, you know, not, not using the time that we're given on this earth um, to just do whatever we want, but do what God would want. And things that, 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 that won't be like many things that we do in this life where somebody says, well, you know what, that's not going to matter a hill of beans later on. You want to you wanna live for things that will matter later. Listen, today we look at the biggest question as we get into this series more, the biggest question anyone could ever be asked, okay? So it's the biggest question you or I could ever be asked. It's the, it's the biggest question anyone else could be um, asked, and that's this. Are you prepared for eternity? Are you prepared for eternity? Uh, some listening to me might right now, you, you, you may say, because you've known Christ a good while, hey, you know what? Um, absolutely, Pastor. I'm, I'm completely prepared. Others of you, you go, well, now that you're asking and put me on the spot, Pastor, I'm not quite sure. I think I'm sure, but I'm not really sure. Um, whether I'm prepared for life after this life. And then others listening to me right now, you're going, hey, I have absolutely no idea how you can have that confidence. You know, I'm not God, and, and, and I, I can't know what uh, I'm going to get or not get on the other side of life. I want you to hear me today. God's Word has plenty to give you of certainty in the midst of your uncertainty. Today, we're going to look at what does it mean to be prepared for eternity. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I, I, I pray, Lord, that, that you would um, take these words, your word, God, and mix it with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I know without the, the, the Holy Spirit at work mixed with your truth, God, there will not be any harvest today, Lord. But I believe there's people listening right now, Lord, that they are not prepared for eternity. But, Lord, today they can get prepared, God, and I pray that you would speak to them. Uh, you would speak life into them, and Lord, that they would discover the life only you can promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I'm going to share with you just simply five things you need to know and sort of a buildup of things and reasons why you need to know that you know that you know that you're prepared for eternity. So if you've got your worship guide, I hope you'll follow along. I want to kind of start, you know, I always say this, you know, for you to really want to listen to something closely, you have to have a why, Okay. You have, to ha you have to be like, hey, why should I listen to the rest of this message? Well, I'm going to start out with why. Number one, you will die one day, and you will face God's judgment. You will die one day, and you will face God's judgment. Now, the older you get, some of you may have seen on my social media, that me and my mom, had we not been on the telephone when we were talking, we might have had a throwdown. When she wanted to tell me at 48 years of age, which many of you would be like, hey, that's not old. Some of you, I understand if you're a child or something, you're like, my Lord, I didn't know you were granddaddy. But, but I, I kind of took issue when my mom was like, listen, well, you aren't that far away from being in the senior class. I said, Mama, I don't care what place gives me a senior discount. I'll take the senior discount. I am not a senior. 
Okay? Now, I understand that some of y'all, y'all not only going to town speed limit, but you going to um, interstate speed because you're 70 or beyond. And, and listen, you're blessed to, to be 70 or beyond. But, but, you know, the older you get, the, while you're grateful to, to have, have another birthday, you're like, my Lord, this came fast. Didn't you just celebrate with, with this with me, honey, last year or last week? That's, that's the way it starts feeling, doesn't it? How many of you agree it just starts speeding up? You're like, my Lord, we just had Christmas. Well, let's Merry Christmas now. Get some presents. Find some other IOUs. Listen, the older you get, the more you realize the brevity of life. And the scripture says you cannot live wisely without realizing the brevity of life. The scripture tells us about, um, Lord, teach us to number our days. Teach us to realize how brief, how short this life is. In fact, I, I'm well aware because I've learned this through my mom as well. The older you get, the more you actually pay attention to obituaries. You know more about um, what is, what, what's on the obituary page than you know what's on social media. And, and maybe I'm going to get to that point. And, and, and maybe, you know, what I, I tend to think the reason why that is is because the more people that you feel like you know are passing away, the more those obituaries aren't just um, people. They're, they're friends, they're classmates, they're what have you. But I want to share with you some stats that whether you're five 55 or 95, you need to hear. You can write these down. These are stats when it comes to death in the world. First of all, every minute, 106 people die, okay? Several hundred have already passed away just in the time that I've started this message. Every hour, 6,392 people die. Every day, today, 153,424 people will take their last breath. And then every year, here's the big deal, 56 million. 56 million people die every year. Some of those people are, are old, but I want you to hear me. Many of those are young. Some of those people are, are sick, and, and many, uh, they weren't sick, or if they, if they were sick, they didn't know it. Some of those people, they saw death as it was nearing them um, because of their situation or because of their illness, but many did not. There may be many things in life that are uncertain, but I want you to hear me. One thing that is certain is this. We all will die. One day, all of us will take our last earthly breath and then our first eternal breath. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Now that area in between, um, most of us have learned that, that that refers to our dash. Okay, a lot of things happen in your dash. Uh, and, and, and that's really what it's all about. You, you can determine what you're going to do and what you're going to live for and, and, and what's most important uh, from God's Word that you're going to apply to your life because your dash, your life itself, is, is, is but a diet, okay? In fact, um, I, I'll never forget when, what really helped me understand the difference between now and eternity is simply this. A dot represents this life, but infinity and, and beyond represents the next life. Do you, want to, do you want to live for what only matters for a short while, or do you want to live for what matters for all of eternity, or rather, what will impact all of eternity. Listen, not only will you die one day, you will answer to God one day. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed for men to die once, but after this, 
the judgment. Now, I meant to say this earlier, you know, I may, as we get through this, you might be like, my Lord, what's this man trying to do, be Billy Graham? But I don't think there is any way to share the gospel without urgency. I don't think, I think that's what, that's what motivates us to share the gospel is urgency. It's to go, well, hey, you know what? My neighbor, my friend, my family member, um, I don't know if I'll see them again. I don't know if I'll get this opportunity to tell them about Jesus again. And so you get motivated to say, well, hey, you know what? If I'm only going to see them just one moment, I'm going to make sure that I share how they can have eternal life. And so that's what I'm doing today. I could have easily said, well, you know what? Some of the church people are going to be like, man, I already know this, Pastor, and I've already heard that, but I want you to understand it's still the best thing since sliced bread. It's still the greatest thing that has ever happened to you or can ever happen to you. But the urgency comes in knowing that not all are prepared for eternity. Hebrews 9.27 said, It is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Listen, if we believe that we will die then it should change the way we live. Agree? Now, if we believe that we will answer to God one day, then it should change the way we aim to live for God now. How can you say you believe that God is the ultimate determined factor, factor of things, and then yet you, you completely go, well, hey, and God, I'm not going to trust, and God, I'm not going to follow, and, and so you go, well, God's hold, got my life in his hands, and yet you hadn't given him your life. Hebrews 14, 11, and 12, it says, For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Here's the thing. We are all responsible for ourselves. It does not matter your family history. It does not matter your ups and downs. It does not matter what you've been through all of us are, will have to give a personal account of our lives to God. One day at a scheduled time, none of us know it, we have a scheduled time of death, okay? And then we have a scheduled time of death when we depart from this life to the next life. And listen, the moment you take your um, last breath here, you'll take your next breath there, and you will be standing face-to-face -face with God, and you will have to give an account for your life. But secondly... You need to know that your soul will live eternally somewhere. Your soul, it will live eternally somewhere. The Bible tells us that God has, has, has given us a soul, a, a, a spirit, okay? Um, I, again, the best way I know to relate that is, again, you, you've seen people who have passed away, and you know when you're looking at a lifeless body. The body's still there, isn't it? The spirit's gone. You say, where has the Spirit gone to? Somewhere in eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, he has placed eternity in the human heart. Scripture tells us that God breathed the breath of life into us, and he gave us an eternal living soul, a, a living spirit that will live on forever. Ecclesiastes 12.7, reading out the Amplified Bible just for your greater understanding. It says, then the dust out of which God made man's body will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Listen, our earthly bodies will die one day. I mean, we all know, most of us all, the longer you live, you got the high mileage on the rough roads, don't you? 
You're like, my Lord, Jesus, I can't wait till I get that new suit, that new body. You'll get it one day. But listen, while, these, while our bodies are, 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 are um, just going to fade away, our spirit, our soul will live eternally. Listen, there are many, many things that as humans we fear. Some of you in here, you can identify with um, the same concern many of us have, and that is the fear of what's going to happen next in this crazy world. Okay? That's a fear. There's a fear of what others might do to us or what could happen to us. Maybe we've got a fear of, of cancer or heart disease or some life-threatening um, uh, disease or situation. Listen, but there's nothing the Bible says that we should fear as much as we do where our soul will spend eternity. Look at Matthew 10, 28. Look at what Jesus says. He says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Listen, you've got to get to, to, to the point to where you're more concerned what God thinks than what you think. You're more concerned with what God wants than what you want. You're more concerned about how is this that I'm living now, what I'm doing now, how is this going to impact things eternally? And by the way, your life, not only are, can the decisions you make affect you eternally, they also affect your loved ones. In fact, something that's coming to my mind is, is just the fact that um, I think statistics have shown that, that when, a, when a father comes to know Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord in a house, 90% of the time the entire household comes to find Christ. That somebody has to let it begin with them, okay? Somebody has to let, let Christ break the cycle. Okay, so some of you, you might, you might not have many family or friends that are, that are really um, claiming Christ or, or devoted to Christ. And, and listen, you can't be, you're, you're not graded based off of what they do. You know, a lot of times people want to think, well, I'm not as bad as this person. You know, I've been going to church longer than that person. You know, I've never done this. I've never done that. It, it, it's, it's not about that. It's, it's understanding, listen, that we will all give it a personal account to God. And we're either ready for that accounting or we're not. Listen, there is nothing more important than a soul's salvation. One of the reasons why you hear me saying up here often that we do not apologize for the fact that we are extremely serious at this church to do everything we possibly can to make sure that men, women, boys, and girls don't die and go to hell because of something we could have done or that we didn't do. Listen, if, if you ask me, I've actually thought about this a lot this week. If you ask me, what would I like most from any of my children? Any of my children. And, 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 and you had on there, okay, well, they live a great life. They live a successful life. Or, or they live a happy life. Or, or they have this marriage. Or they have this kind of situation. Um, none of that is at the top of my list. My first and foremost prayer that I have been praying and I will continue to pray is for the salvation of my children. Because, I, listen, I'm talking about even over whether or not their life was taken. Because what good does it do me if, if I had them here for a little while, but I won't be seeing them later? You hear me? You tell me there's anything more important than the fate of your eternal soul. 
I'm going to have much greater peace. I'm going to have much greater hope if I know each one of my children or each one of my future grandchildren know Jesus Christ as their personal saving Lord because that is going to determine where they spend eternity. I want you to hear this. There is nothing more important than a soul's salvation. There is nothing more important than your soul's salvation. You either do or do not have reservations as we go through this. Listen, the, the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke um, in the Gospels, um, it's recorded Jesus' words numerous times. He said this, Matthew 16, 26. Jesus said, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Listen, there's no earthly pleasure, no earthly gain, no earthly money, no earthly accomplishment whatsoever that when someone comes to draw their last breath is going to matter a lick compared to whether or not you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior and Lord. Now, the Bible is extremely clear, by the way. You say, well, well, yeah, I, I agree with you. Our souls go somewhere eternally. What I want you to hear me, the Bible says there's only two options. And we'll talk about this more, too, as we get into this series. There's two options. There's hell, which our sins deserve, and there's heaven that only Christ can bring. Matthew 25, 34 and 41 and 46, Jesus said this. He said, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Then the king will, will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. When you die, you will either go to an eternal heaven, which is completely perfect, or an eternal hell, which is hell, 24-7 for the rest of of eternity. But thirdly, you need to know that the only way to heaven is through Jesus's narrow way. The only way to heaven is through Jesus's narrow way. Now, um, this isn't the first generation to do this, but what's happening more and more as people just get, um, as, as people form what, what most would refer to as a new, new age religion, okay? People, everybody talking about their spiritual and yet they don't know the Lord. Okay? Whole lot of people. Whole lot of people claim a whole lot of things, and, and, uh, and it might make them feel better. But, but a lot of times people go, well, well Pastor, um, I just don't believe what you're saying about this narrow way to heaven because, um, you know, God loves all of us. You need to love everybody. I said, I do love everybody. Okay? But I, don't, I can't. How many of you know you can't put words in God's mouth? You don't tell God. God tells you. Okay? You have to have a reverent fear of God's word. And by the way, it's not, it's not near as um, condemning sounding whenever you really tell somebody that, hey, I'm not sharing with you just the message you need to hear. I'm sharing with you a message that I needed to hear. And only by, by grace through this do I have hope. So you're not, it's, not, it's not one person pointing out somebody else's sin. It's one saved sinner coming to a lost sinner saying, hey, you need to find soul salvation. Listen, many today reject that Jesus is the only way. They want to take some things about Christianity. Oh, they like, oh, yeah, yeah, love your neighbors yourself and blah, blah, blah. But they want to take away the accountability. They want to take away the narrow road and, and say, well, hey, you know, can't all religions 
lead to the same place? The answer is this. No. Sometimes you need to know that. Okay? Do you hear what I'm saying? So, somebody right now, you need to understand. Listen, hell is real, but so is heaven. And you're not going to get into heaven because of your goodness. You're not going to get into heaven just because you hoped you'd get into heaven. You're only going to get to heaven through Jesus Christ, your Savior, and your Lord. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. He said, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Listen, many people are not even knowing it, but they're like sheep headed over a cliff. They think they've got life. They think they're holding on to hope, and their only hope is what's in front of them, not what's ahead of them. Jesus said this, The highway to hell is broad, its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is narrow and the road is difficult and only a few find it. Listen, the highway to hell, the scripture says, leads to destruction. It leads to absolute eternal disappointment. In fact, I truly believe this. The day that you really find salvation is when the light flips on in you. That's when you, that's when you get changed because until you understand that God holds eternity in his hands, you will never, ever, ever have the kind of faith I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of faith where you go, this is my only hope and this is the world's only hope. Listen, we'll know that we're fired up knowing that Jesus Christ is the only answer when we're not just sitting in a seat in a church, but we're saying, who am I inviting next week? I'm still begging some of you to make sure, fill up the seats till we only got standing room. God's got other plans. We, listen, there should always be somebody in your life that you are trying to love, lift, and lead and point to Christ. And that means doing everything within your power, and you can't be in control of everything. But listen, I'm telling you right now, that's, my wife will tell you, that is my life. It is not because I'm your pastor. If I wasn't a pastor, I'd still be doing what I'm, what I'm talking about. In fact, I'd probably spend even more time doing it. But God's told me, hey, you know what? You need to be a cheerleader. You need to, you need to bring the, the body of Christ together, and you need to tell them, hey, you know what? Wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, wherever you go to school, share Christ. How can you have what you call the greatest gift ever, and yet you've never shared it with a soul? It wasn't just for you. It's, it's for them too. Listen, when the moment that you believe there's only one way to get to heaven, you will seek that way and you will share about that way. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Listen, only through Jesus can we find hope beyond this life. There is nothing else out there, a drink, a drug, a relationship, an accomplishment, anything that can give you hope beyond this moment. But Jesus can give you hope regardless of the moment. Listen, the reason God the Father sent his only son Jesus to die on a cross was because there is no other way for man to find salvation. Do you think he would have sent his son to die on a cross if there was another way? It's the whole reason he came. Otherwise, he came in vain. John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. You normally hear the first verse, but you just don't think about the other two. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Now, I have shared my faith before, and I've had more than one person before say, well, well um, when, I, when I'm trying to reach out to their friends or this or that, and I find out they're a Christian, but they've never talked about their faith with any of their friends or anybody else, and, and they're like, Pastor, I just don't believe in, 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 in judging people. And in, 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 in telling people everything about this and about that, I said, well, listen, since I know it's the most important thing I could ever share with my friends, I love your, even your friends too much not to share it. What, tell me what about the gospel is bad news. In fact, this, if anything, it levels the playing field. It reminds us that we are all sinners. We are all in need of Jesus Christ. We all cannot face the judgment of God without faith in the Son. You can write this scripture down, John 14, 1 through 6. You've heard it before, where Jesus talks about, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my house are, are many mansions. If it, if it were not so, um, uh, I, I, I would tell you so, but I've gone to prepare a place for you. And they're like, okay, well, how do we get to that place? Heaven, he was referring to. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, Jesus talks about numerous times. He says there's no way to heaven expect, except for you to be spiritually reborn. You've got to be spiritually reborn to be assured of eternal life in heaven. Jesus said, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you can be certain that you will forever be with me. 1 John 5, 13, one of the biggest hidden treasures in Scripture, I believe. It says, um, you who believe in the name of, son, of the Son of God, you may know that you have eternal life. He says, I'm, I'm going to write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you might know that you have eternal life. God doesn't want you breathing one more millisecond wondering where you're going to spend eternity. He wants you to find hope today. He wants you to rest in that hope today. God wants you to know that in Christ, you can have eternal hope that the world can't take away and the world can't give you. But fourthly, only by grace through faith will anyone go to heaven. Only by grace through faith will anyone go to heaven. Did you know there's no perfect people in heaven? Did you know when we get to heaven, if you get to heaven and I get to heaven, we all going to be looking at each other from out, man, you got in? Even some people that you were like, ain't no way Bubba's getting in, and Bubba's right there with you. Listen, it's, it's not a, the, 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 um, the, the, the invitation to know Jesus Christ is not just for a members-only club. It is for every sinner. Listen, there will be no perfect people or deserving souls in heaven, only those who have believed in the grace of God and been forgiven by the grace of God. Now, I want to take you down a little bit of what's called the Roman road. Just follow along with me. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone, that's you, that's me, for everyone is sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Listen, you need to understand you've got a sin problem. I need to understand that I've got a sin problem. In fact, sin is the worst disease we could ever have in our life. It steals our life, and if we are not putting our faith in Jesus Christ, it will rob us of our future. 
So you need to realize in your life, hey, I am a sinner, and something has to be done for that sin. And that something, no one can wash it away for you here, and you can't, you can't remove it yourself. So the scripture is very clear that we all deserve eternal condemnation and hell because of our sins. Our sins make us undeserving to go to a perfect place called heaven for eternity. But Romans 5.8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Every now and then I run across people who they are so honest and humble to say, Pastor, um, I just don't know that God can forgive all that I've done. I just don't know if, if God can, can, can save my soul because you just don't understand what I've done and, and, and how I've lived. And, and I'm going, listen, Jesus loved you way before now. And his love was unconditional. His, his son, Jesus Christ, died knowing that you were a sinner and knowing that you would be living in sin. But he died anyway. He loves you anyway. He came for you. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you need to hear me. It is good news. It is good news for everybody that despite our sin, despite what we deserve, Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And he died for our sins. So that by grace, through faith in him alone, listen, we can receive the free gift of eternal life in heaven. Look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Speaks so clearly. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Do you want to know something that sometimes separates and, and alienates people out there from wanting to be with people that are in here? When we think that we are better than them, when we think that we are, are um, uh, you know, deserving of this and deserving of that, they need to understand we are just like them. We are just like them, but we have been saved by grace. We have been changed by grace. Listen, salvation, it says, is not a reward for the good things we have done so that none of us can boast. Be very careful when you're sharing your testimony. Don't make it ever about what you did. The moment that it's the same way in church, trust me, the moment that I get away from elevating Christ is the moment that we all get down a road that we shouldn't travel. It all, listen, when, when I'm preaching to you, I'm hoping you see in that cross. Not, not Craig, but the cross. Not Craig, but Christ. Listen to verse, verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Listen, when Christ comes into your heart and saves your soul, you become a new creation. You say, why? Because the Bible says the Spirit of God comes to live within you. You now have a conviction within you. You don't just have guilt for what things other people might know, but you have a God-given conviction living within you. You have a desire to follow the Lord because you are now a new creation in Christ. You may still be all broke up about the past. You may still be paying the price for consequences of yesterdays. But your future can still be, be, be the most hopeful it's ever been from this day forward. Listen, no one will go to heaven because they are perfect or deserve it. Nobody. In fact, now listen, trust me. There will be many a preacher that will not be in heaven. That's not me saying that. I'm just telling you. It's, it's, gonna, it's the case. 
Don't matter whether you're the preacher, whether you're the president, or whether you're the person sitting in the seats. Uh, only through Christ. Listen, no one will go to heaven because they were better than other people. The only way to heaven that you just got to get ingrained in your heart and mind is through Jesus Christ, by faith, through grace. But last but not least, number five, we're not just to call him Savior, but we are to declare him Lord. We're not just to call him Savior, but to declare him Lord. Listen, many refer to Jesus as their Savior. All right, we, we live in what they call in the southeast the Bible Belt. But I'm telling you, if you're watching the same world I'm watching, a whole lot of people talking about Jesus, 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 and I see no sign of him in their life. You can sing Jesus, take the wheel all day long, you and Carrie Underwood, and I like the song too. But until he's got the wheel, he ain't got the wheel. When you, when you get right with God, you will begin to seek that which is right in God's eyes. Listen, our, our works do not save us. But when Christ comes in our hearts and lives and we truly surrender to him, Christ takes over. Christ takes over and we become a new creation, a new work in Christ. Listen, you cannot do one thing and then claim another. Salvation is not just about you getting a, a get-out-of-hell-free card. I can guarantee you, if I was going all throughout Colleton County and, and any other counties for that matter, and I had, um, I had little cards and I said, listen, all you need is this card and, and you, get a, you, get to, you get to go to heaven instead of hell. I don't know anybody sober-minded that's not going to say, well, preacher, give me one of those get-out-of-hell-free cards. But I want you to hear me. I really believe that we misrepresent the gospel because the gospel is life-changing. Not just eternal changing, it is life-changing. It is about you believing in Jesus with your heart and then giving Jesus your heart. It is about you turning from your sins and turning towards his way. doesn't mean you aren't going to sin anymore. You're going to keep sinning. But you're not going to desire to live in sin anymore. Romans 10, 9 and 10 and verse 13, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Here's the gospel. Here's the sinner's prayer, okay? It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Listen, in the book of Acts, we find Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, um, he's sharing the gospel with thousands after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and ascension back into heaven. And it says, when the people heard what Jesus had, had, had done for them, they heard the gospel, they, their, their hearts were moved, okay? I can still remember as an 11, 12-year-old um, person, maybe, maybe 10, um, I can just remember, even though I was a pastor's son, I can remember when I felt like God was calling my name. And, and, and trust me, me and my mom were just on a while back. I, I, up to age 10, I slept through many a service. So I understand any of you that might snore in here. But it was one day, I just knew it was just me and God in the room. I just knew it. It didn't matter what anybody else was doing and how anybody else was responding. I knew that I needed to make a move to the Lord. The Lord had already moved for me but I needed to make a move to him. And so Peter was asked, how do you respond to what Christ 
has done. Tell us what to do. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39 says, Each of you, you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Notice it didn't say, hey, you must just come, come get your get out of hell free card. No, you must repent of your sin. That is to turn from your way and turn towards his way. Just like the earliest disciples, they immediately decided, hey, I'm following Jesus from this moment forward. He said, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Listen, Jesus came, Jesus died on the cross, Jesus was resurrected from the grave, and he overcame sin, death, and the grave for you and me. Jesus wants to be your Savior and Lord. You say, well, how do I, 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 I do that? You accept Jesus Christ. You believe in Jesus Christ. You receive him into your heart. You turn your life over to him. Listen, for it's through Jesus alone that any of us can be forgiven of our sin. And here's the most awesome thing. It doesn't matter how you lived up to this time. God will not hold one day of your past against you. He may use it for his glory, but he does not hold one day of your past against you. The moment that you genuinely confess your sin and say, Jesus, please forgive me, he forgives you. And the Bible says he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. We become a, 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 a set free child of God. We become a new creation in Christ. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. As we close out here, it says, therefore, God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Not every knee will bow, but every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This just came into my heart, you know, where, where, where Jesus talks about, listen, if, you, if you're ashamed of me and my Father here, then I'm not going to acknowledge you there. Listen, some of you today, you need to ask yourself and you need to answer the biggest question that you could ever be asked, and that is this. Are you prepared for eternity? There's no in-between. Either you respond to the gospel and trust the gospel of Jesus Christ, or you, by not doing anything, you have rejected the opportunity. Listen, God's Word tells us clearly, if you've not chosen to believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you are headed to hell. You are headed to hell. I had, a, I had a time in my life where I was headed to hell, even though I was a pastor's son. And I realized that. If you choose to do so by grace through faith in Christ alone, listen, you can be prepared from this point forward to know where you're going. I close reading this last, this verse that I read earlier, 1 John 5, 13, where it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you might know you have eternal life. I'm going to ask you today, please bow your heads where you are. We typically don't do the, the invitation this way, but I just, I just really feel led to, to give this opportunity to, to each of you because there's bound to be one of you this, that, that really you've not made this decision. You're not sure about where you're going to spend eternity, and it really matters that you are given this invitation. Today, if, if it's your desire to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. I want to lead you in just a, not, not any magical words, but, but the simple words that, that if it's your heart's desire, you can be saved. Just simply say, dear God, please forgive me 
of all my sins. I believe in you, Jesus, God's Son, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you overcame my, my, my price to be paid. You've overcome my eternity that I would have had in hell, God. You've, you've, you've given me this opportunity for heaven. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Be my Savior and be my Lord. God, cleanse my heart of all unrighteousness and hold my heart forevermore. Lord God, today I accept you into my heart and life. I believe in you and I desire to follow you. His heads are bowed everywhere in all um, trust for, for those around you. If today you gave your life to Christ for the first time, would you lift your hand where you are? I'm not going to point you out or anything. If today, amen, amen, was worth it being here. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Let me tell you. Let me just look at each of you and, and, and kind of say something to you. I want you to look at me, all of you. The day that you aren't living to recruit people and give it to people the opportunity to go to heaven, you have missed your calling. The day that it is not at the top of your tongue and your topics with your children, with your family, since Jesus Christ, listen, either he is all the hope or he's not. But I'm telling you, wait, listen, I feel so strong within me. I was telling a gentleman that's been in our church a little while now, earlier at the earlier service. We cannot afford to be another selfish church that operates as if we're self-righteous and doesn't give a rip about all those out there that are, are close to God's heart but far from seeking God. I'm telling you right now, that is the only, that's the only reason I live in this county. That's the only reason I'm your pastor. We quit seeking that and I'm gone. I'll just go start and try to do it anywhere else. Because listen, it's, it's not, listen, life's too short. Life's too short. I feel like a lot of you, you don't want to waste another minute, another moment. But some of you, listen, you're going to have to have some difficult conversations with people. But understand this, when you go to share the gospel with somebody, just be flooded with God's love. Be flooded with God's compassion. But I'm asking you, start praying for your children. Start praying for your grandchildren. Start praying for your family. Start praying for your spouse. Start praying for your friends. Because if you love them anywhere near as God loves them, you, you, you won't stop. We, we, we either believe this or not. Listen, if you believe it, and he's done that kind of miracle in your life, why would you not be telling about it the rest of your life? Because it's bigger than winning the lottery. The lottery money you can only spend here. Jesus Christ, you will enjoy forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I just, I just pray, Lord, that you would move upon the hearts of all those here. God, I thank you for the souls that were saved today. Lord, it, it truly does make everything worth it. Lord, I pray that they, they would seek to take that next step. Lord, if, if, if you uh, are leading them, God, I pray that they share that decision with us. Let us know that they've made that decision. I pray that they would follow through with believer's baptism. God, I pray that they would find the support that they need through this church and even beyond this church. God, I pray, Lord, that anyone that's listening to me right now that has not given their heart and life to you, Jesus, that today would be the day that they admit their sin, they believe in you, Jesus, and they commit their heart and life to you. 
having the certainty of eternity with you. God, I pray you'd put a fire in us, God. Lord, forgive us as Christians. Lord, when all we do is just sit, forgive us, Lord, when we fail to live on mission and understand, Lord, there is nothing more important than eternally recruiting for you. There is nothing more important, Lord. We lift up all of our lost family. We lift up all of our lost friends. We lift up all of our lost community, our state, our, our country, and this world. God, take us where only you can take us. God, do immeasurably more, God than we could ever dream or imagine. God, I'm, I'm feeling in my heart, Lord, that today is a turning point for many. May we not turn back. In Jesus' name, we give you all things. Amen. This altar's open. I'm available here too, should you want me to pray with you. Would you stand with us, please?